Are you craving intimacy in your current relationship? Are you seeking love that's rooted in respect, trust? Are you wanting a relationship that lets you be fully you? That gives you the deep satisfaction, the deep warmth in your heart, and lets you show up in your fullest expression? You're not alone. Most of us are. And yet, most of us feel like that is so elusive. I'm Perry Nance Shams, and this is Embrace Your Essence Podcast. Welcome back to Embrace Your Essence Podcast, where we dive into what's not really talked about in terms of your health, healing, and happiness. Let's dive in. A lot of people ask me, when they're in a relationship, especially a new one, what if the romance wears off? What if I start to feel stuck? Well, here's the truth. The romance will wear off. And it's usually in that very moment when the honeymoon phase feels like it's ending that you are confronted with an invitation. And the invitation is to go beyond the physical with that person. When you go beyond the physical with another person, you're also going beyond the physical with yourself. This episode is going to talk about what that really means and how you can start to use this as a way to navigate through your relationships so that you're not experiencing cheap moments of love and sex, but you're actually building deep, lasting intimacy that's rooted in trust and respect. So what do I mean when I say going beyond the physical? A couple things, really. First, it means that it's so easy to connect with people on a surface level. You can connect with them on a surface level or on the physical by looking at their age, name, job title, etc., and saying, yeah, that works for me, that's what I want, or rejecting that person because of those things and saying, that's not good enough for me. Connecting on the physical also means connecting purely on the physical basis of sex without really tasting that person and who they really are or yourself in relation to them. The reality is you can have a lot of sex with someone and still not feel seen, safe, and whole. You can spend a lot of time with a person doing things, activities, and planning stuff, and still not feel like they know who you really are. And that's because the physical connection is often mistaken for intimacy. So people enter a relationship with those things in mind, trying to connect on those levels and forcing or pushing or rushing those forms of connection, never really realizing they're skipping over the true intimacy. Sex by itself is not intimacy. Time spent with a person is not intimacy on its own. It's how you spend that time. And it's being able to see how you interact with that person in space and time. That is how you build intimacy. So the punchline of this episode is basically that 
if you don't know who you are, if you don't know your triggers, your anxieties, your fears, insecurities, and your strengths and desires, it's going to be really hard to connect beyond the physical. It's going to be really hard to build intimacy. We're going to tease this out over the course of the rest of this episode, but just here and now, ask yourself the question, do I know what my true desires are, the deep ones? Do I know what I like, what really turns me on, and why? Do I know what I'm afraid of when it comes to love, and do I know why? These questions about yourself will ultimately help strengthen and enhance the quality of the relationship you're in or trying to find. If you don't take the time to build the relationship to yourself, so many things go wrong quickly. That's when we end up looking back on the relationship and saying, you know, that was never really right for me. Or we end up feeling duped, depleted, like a failure, saying, you know, how could I have not seen that? Or why didn't I do X, Y, or Z? The truth is, it's not hindsight that makes us wiser. We can actually establish that clarity, that wisdom, as we are in a relationship or before we even step into one, as we start to become friends with ourselves, when we can see ourselves accurately. If we don't do this, something that is so common and takes things in a very chaotic direction is you start to curate and manipulate conversations with your partner, experiences with your partner, maybe without even realizing you're doing it, so that you get instant gratification. You curate moments that validate you on the physical plane. You maneuver and navigate and again manipulate so that they end up saying something like, yeah, I do love you, or yeah, I do think you're beautiful, or they end up having sex with you. And if you're really honest with yourself, I bet you know that you've had a moment like that. I certainly have done that. When I really didn't know who I was, I wasn't sure how to show up in a relationship. So I was constantly seeking their validation to let me know that I was enough, that we were on good terms, that the relationship was going somewhere. And my markers for that, my indicators of success, were sex and if they told me that they loved me. But if you move from that place, sex becomes really cheap and love becomes even cheaper. So this is where the relationship to self becomes the biggest indicator, the true biggest indicator of success for your romantic relationships. Now, you're probably someone who's got a good amount of life experience under your belt, so you might be saying, I already know who I am. I don't need to do that. 
because maybe you're a professional and you've got a lot of experience there. Or you're a parent and you have a lot of experience in that role. But that's not really what I mean. The things you do in life and what you've accomplished so far are great, but they are not who you really are. They don't describe your essence. And it is your essence that is seeking to be seen, loved, honored, and touched in your romantic relationships. So regardless of your age, stage, and background, it's really important to acknowledge that it's never too late and you're never too old to examine the relationship you have with yourself. So when I say getting to know who you really are, I mean getting to the roots of why you do what you do. Why do you react, respond, and show up in certain ways? What triggers you and why? What in your relationships gives you anxiety? What insecurities does it press on? And why? If you haven't ever tapped the root of your anxieties and your stressors, you will never be able to fully know yourself. And that's not because you're only made up of stressors and anxieties, but it's usually those things that we try so hard to avoid, we try so hard to cover up and ignore, that they end up being the decision makers. It's a funny thing. The more we try to avoid and ignore the things we don't like about ourselves, the more they run the show. So if you haven't ever explored the roots of them, then you'll never really be able to step into a relationship that's not run ultimately by those anxieties and stressors because your own life is still run by them. Now, this is exactly the work that I help people do because it really makes the difference between a life that's full of relationships that feel mostly surface level or end up blowing up in our faces or end up feeling like they were a lie the whole time, and relationships that are deeply fulfilling, relationships that bring out the best in us and allow us to show up in true confidence. This is the work that has made the single biggest difference in my life. When I started to really understand who I am at my essence, it changed the game for my intimacy my relationships, the types of romantic partners that I was interested in and that were interested in me. When I started to peel back all the things I had been taught in life to believe and really examined them, and I asked myself, does this serve me? When I looked closely at why I kept showing up in relationships the way that I did, why I doubted myself, I realized there were whole parts of me that I just was not fully aware of. I was doing these things. I was the one, you know, carrying out the behaviors. I was the one saying things or not saying things, but I never saw the why behind it. And that is the part of us that we have to explore. And now, seeing those pieces is one thing. And that's really courageous work to do, to really be able to say, these were the things I was taught. This informs why I show up in the world. This is why I hold back in certain ways or et cetera. That's huge. And 
then learning to consciously act from a different place and not your conditioning is an entirely different ballgame. Again, that is exactly where I help people because it's tremendous work. It's the deepest inner work you can do, and no one should feel like they have to do it alone because you are you. You've been in your mind and your body your whole life, right? And so some of the things that we're talking about here, you can't see them because you don't have that full perspective on yourself because you're busy living as you, right? Sometimes we need another person to step in and help us gain that insight, teach us how to see ourselves from new perspectives because you can, you have the ability to cultivate awareness about yourself, but no one really teaches us how to do that. That is certainly not part of a school curriculum. It's not what you learn at summer camps. And it would be nice if we had places earlier in life to establish self-awareness, but we don't. So here in adulthood, as you're listening to this episode, if you're saying to yourself, yeah, I don't know how to change my patterns. Maybe I've identified some of them, but I don't know how to act differently. I'm still falling into the same pitfalls in my relationships. I still get anxious. I still get scared when this happens. I still shut down when this happens. That is space for you to get closer to yourself. That right there is your signal to go deeper and get the support to really understand the roots and then change how you act from there. When you not only learn why you are the way you are, but when you unlearn how to act from that habitual place, and you build in new mechanisms of acting and responding, you will go from anxious, stressed, and unable to fully experience the joys of a relationship to being calm and clear and confident in that relationship. Now, that looks different for each of us, but we are all craving calm, clarity, and confidence in our relationships, right? Again, we reach for the validation that trust exists from our partner. We ask them in so many different ways, do you love me? Am I good enough? Will I be good enough in the long run for you? Those are the questions we need to be asking ourselves. Do you feel good enough? Do you feel good enough for yourself in the long haul? Many of the clients that I work with struggle to orgasm. And it's not that their bodies don't work or they've got some kind of medical issue. It's that the relationship they have to themselves is not complete. There are significant parts of themselves that they judge, belittle, and do not understand. And so when they are in a very vulnerable experience with another person, trying to orgasm, they struggle to fully let go because they struggle to trust themselves in that moment. To orgasm, you have to let go. You're not in control 
But if you don't trust yourself fully because you don't know yourself fully, you won't be able to let go and experience that deep, deep satisfaction. Other clients that I work with struggle to lead with their whole truth when talking to their partner. They filter or somehow curb a part of what they're really thinking or feeling. And over time, they start to feel unseen and unacknowledged and undervalued by their partner. And that's because their partner only responds to what is made available to them. But the first person who did not fully value, see, and respect you was you. That leads to this cheap sex and the cheap I love yous that over time feel less and less sincere. No one really tries to do this. No one really tries to say I love you and not mean it. You know, when they're in this established bond with a person. It's not very often that people, when they're in a, an established bond, try to have meaningless sex. It's a slow and insidious breakdown that happens over time, sometimes without us realizing when we first and foremost fail to build a strong relationship with ourselves. So how do you build a relationship to yourself? How do you start to understand who you really are and why? When I work with clients on this, there's no prescriptive method that we follow because each person is different. You are unique. And so what works for you will be different than what works for the next person. But I will say this, there are a set of tools that have been around for a long, long time that are inherently designed to help you build back a relationship to yourself. And what's interesting is that these same practices have largely been distorted over time and by industries and capitalism to become something else. So I'll take some time to talk about those things. And as I do, I would love for you to think about what has your experience with these tools been? And what does this conversation bring up for you in terms of questions and new curiosities about these things that you maybe are already familiar with? So the number one tool is yoga. Certainly you've heard of yoga before. You might've even tried a class or consider yourself a yogi. Today's yoga, the Western industrialized version of it, is one very focused on the physical body and getting yourself to be able to stretch and eventually find yourself into these postures and positions, right? If you've ever taken a yoga class at a studio, the instructor calls out poses for you to get into and either hold or move from one into another, right? And so you start to develop this idea that yoga is about getting into different moves and postures so that you stretch your body. That's actually not the point of yoga. 
Having a body that is stretchier and more flexible is a byproduct of doing yoga. Yoga at its essence is a journey into yourself. It is a pathway to yourself. And every part of every posture from the start to the end, getting into it, getting out of it, and holding it in between is an invitation for you to look at yourself and for you to learn yourself in a new way. So you could get into a pose and realize you are holding immense tension in that pose. But you will never realize you're holding that unnecessary tension in your pose if you are doing yoga for the purpose of being in the pose. Because once you get into the pose, you think you did it. And you stop, you stop looking, you stop searching, you stop seeking. So yoga is a tool that I use with my clients. And I do not use it in the way that most people have seen. I use it as a mechanism for helping them understand themselves. It is a tool where you can start to observe yourself as you do something, which is a pretty cool idea if you think about it. How would your life change? You know, who would you be if you saw yourself doing some of the things you do? Right? You would get so much insight so much new perspective and wisdom on yourself. And that is what yoga can help you unlock when done with that intention. And that is what I help people do. Similarly, a tool that's been around for a long, long time is meditation. I'm sure you've heard of that. (laughs) I'm sure you've tried it. Right? There are meditation apps you can download for free. Maybe you've taken a class or maybe a yoga teacher at the end of class guided you through one. These days, it's not uncommon for traditional therapists to sometimes guide their clients through a meditation. Right, And so we think meditation is about calming down. We think meditation is stopping our thoughts. That's not the point. That might be a byproduct that you feel calmer. A byproduct of consistent meditation might be that the flow of your thoughts changes. But that's not the point of it. Meditation is actually about observing those existing patterns of thought. Meditation is actually being with yourself in a certain way so you can witness what is unfolding within you. Again, how cool would it be if you could gain the data points that show you who you are and how you show up in a moment? And when you see all of that, you can make informed decisions about how to act in a way that better serves you. That's what meditation, just like yoga, can help you do. When done, with that intention. Another tool that I tap into with my clients is starting to understand their eating habits, their sleep habits, and the rhythm they have there. Most people, by nature of stress, anxiety, and the society we live in, don't have rhythmic diet, sleep, and movement patterns. 
those are key in establishing self-awareness, right? At baseline, you are a creature that thrives on rhythm. You are actually rhythm at your base. The circadian rhythms that your sleep follows, your appetite is a cycle, your menstrual cycle, if that applies, right? These are like significant cycles that our existence runs on. And we have disrupted the natural flow of those cycles by living in modern society, staying up later, working way past the time when our energy naturally slows down, eating whenever we want because we have access to the food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've disturbed our natural rhythms. So a tool that I use with clients is helping them reestablish a baseline with their natural rhythms and then building harmony into their rhythms, regardless of their lifestyle and how busy they are. It's possible for everyone. And we do this so that you can start to see yourself clearly. You start to feel yourself fully and you are fully connected to yourself. When you are fully connected to yourself, fully online, as I like to say, you will be able to show up as the person you really want to be. It will be easy for you to be the person you want and the partner you want because you are tuned in. It's when all this chaos is going on within us, we're not connected to ourselves, we don't understand ourselves, we have no way of maintaining harmony within us, it's virtually impossible to maintain solid relationships, right? And we go through these gigantic ebbs and flows of relationships where sometimes it's great, sometimes it's real shit, sometimes we break up, maybe we get back together, whatever, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can exist in harmony. It's actually your nature to live in harmony. We have to restore that harmony and we restore the harmony within you by building self-awareness through the tools I just mentioned and others too. So if you are someone who is listening to this saying, I want those really loving, intimacy-filled relationships. I want to like myself. I want to feel good in my body as I show up in my relationships. And I want to trust myself enough to be real and to be whole and to be fulfilled. Then it's time for us to chat. It's time for us to tap into the real you, to the roots of who you are, what's holding you back so far, and start to learn new ways for you to show up that are much more aligned with your essence. I've got opportunities for you to connect with me, and I would absolutely love to see any and all of you there. First, I hold in-person wellness retreats. The first one is in April 2022 in Colorado at Joyful Journey Hot Springs. The second will be the last four days of July, the 28th to the 31st in Vermont. It's going to be a really beautiful experience. Each of these places are close to nature. They are serene settings for you to step back and step away from your normal distractions and tune into the real you. I will be there right beside you, teaching you the yoga I just described, guiding you through the meditations I just shared about, and helping you establish harmony within. If you're someone who's ready to take the step to build the relationships you've always wanted, don't wait. 
visit perinausjams.com backslash retreats or send me an email and let's just chat about another way that you and I might be able to build a pathway for you that feels ultimately fulfilling. I'm here to serve you. I want to hear from you. And if I can, I want to offer you a solution. Thank you for being here with me. I'll talk to you soon.